0: Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. My friend Angie Austin here with the good news, along with author, speaker, movie maker, Jim Stovall, talking about his column, his weekly column, Winner's Wisdom. And uh, today we're talking about this week's edition, which is titled The Myth of Not Deciding. I love this topic because so many people think that they're like, well, you know, I'm just not making a decision and I'm thinking it over. But they are making a decision. Jim, explain this whole uh,
1: topic to us. Well, we succeed or fail in this life based on the decisions we make. And whether you go to the president's office or the penitentiary, people get where they are because of decisions they've made. So we've all got to make great decisions. But so many people avoid them as of making a decision. And a lot of people that avoid them, they decide, I'm just not going to decide. I I just am not going to do that. Well, that in and of itself is a decision, and probably the worst decision you can mail to actively make a decision, you get the leftovers. You get whatever's around when all the people who have decided decide. And, And then what may be as important as which decision we make is when we make the decision. I find too many people... Just, they make the decision early. They just, well, flip a coin, I don't care, make a decision. Well, if you make the decision too early, you don't have enough information. And I believe all decisions, if you have enough information, basically come down to something. A fifth grader could make the decision if you have enough information. But if you go too early, you don't have the, all the information. If you wait too long some of the options start going away. I see kids, uh, I do a lot of work at the university, and some kids that wait too long in high school to pick which colleges they're going to apply to, the window starts to go to school. And that's a horrible way to make a decision. So whenever you're faced with a decision, the first thing you want to do is decide, when do I need to know? When can I make a decision? And my mentor, the late great Lee Braxton, always told me, don't make any decisions till you're forced to. Wait till the last moment and make a decision. And oftentimes here in my company, we have decisions we have to make. And we have to let somebody know in 60 days, well, I'll make a, I'll make a note on my calendar in, you know, 50 days. Let's revisit this. I know which way we're leaning right now, but if there's not an advantage to deciding today, let's wait and see if we have any more information.
0: Interesting. So you do you do go along with Mr. Braxton's leaning of waiting to make the decision. If it's not imperative, you make it now. In case more business perspective, I know my husband's company's been dealing with a potential deal for a while, and I think they had like a month or so until the deadline. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes the egos get involved and they get offended because they assume, and I'm not saying in your case, this is the case, but they assume that they're waiting for a better opportunity opportunity or this, that, and the other, and that's why I hate egos involved in business decisions, because sometimes someone's just waiting to make the best decision, and it's not personal, but people take oh, it absolutely. personally when you wait.
1: I was talking to a guy who's putting on an event uh, I'm speaking at this summer, and he said, uh, you know, he said, "the, the t- I said, you no longer have reserved seating. He said, "No, it's going to be general admission." And I said, "You don't have an early bird special." He said, "No, I don't." And I said, "Then why if I'm one of your people, would I buy a ticket for something in July right now? If, if if you're not going to give me a discount and I'm not trying to get a better seat, what's the difference? Why would I rush out and buy your ticket today?" And you know, people are waiting to see. So, you know, there's always the right time to make a decision, and then there's the right way to make a decision. But you cannot not divide. And then something I've been doing over the last few years, a one of the guys in my uh, accountability group brought up, you know, corporately we both run companies and he said, sometimes, you know, I'm looking at some and I don't care. You know, what are we doing for our company trip or the outing or the, the, the dinner or whatever? I don't care. And he said, well, just don't blow off that decision. He said, come out and, you know, let some of your people decide. Maybe it does matter to them. Yes. You know, let them have, if it has no value to you, give them the value of that decision. But, I like that. I think I like it's a great idea. thing to do with kids. Say that I think again? it's a great thing to do with kids. Like, okay, you get to decide what we're going to do. Would you rather do A, B, or C? And as I always tell my wife, Crystal, don't give me any bad options. I, I, I don't need the pressure in my life. You know, if she's saying, where are we going for dinner? I say, why don't you throw out a couple things, you know, because, uh, and don't give me any losers in the batch. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: <laughs> right Like which three do you It's so funny too Because we just were Making a dinner decision And so few of them Appealed to me And I'm like Why do I want to pay money For food that doesn't Appeal to me So you're right Just give me a couple Of really good mm-hmm. options And then I'll pick one Of the ones that you Also like Because my mother-in-law She always decides For everyone Pretty much You know she just tells us mm-hmm. Where we're going And uh, thank goodness I do like her, her Mainstay restaurant When she comes to visit But uh, if, you, you know, if you Don't like the restaurant It's a I mean, you know, when you can't really find anything on the menu that you find appealing, like, like, why spend all that money? Because it's not cheap to go out to dinner.
1: Oh, right. And you may as well have something you enjoy, or, uh, you know, or uh, I've, you know, send a family out that otherwise wouldn't get to do it. And you really enjoy that. But I think also with our decisions in the in the television business i look at ted turner in in the movie business i lean on michael landon jr in the finance business i'll contact steve Forbes. and it's just a quick little one paragraph email hey we were presented with this opportunity i'm thinking we're heading this direction do you have any thoughts nine out of ten times they'll say sounds good but one out of ten times they'll say have you considered this as a, as an additional alternative? And, boy, you get a lot of good stuff that way.
0: And I love it you keep it uh, simple. You know, if you're writing to Steve Forbes, he's very busy. So you, one paragraph, hey, Steve, what do you think of this? You know, I like that. Not this long, convoluted, you know, 17-paragraph email that when mm-hmm. they click on it, they're like, oh, i got to ba- that, get back to that later. That's too much info. And then it gets buried in the, you know, email uh, file. All right, so you say by either rushing or delaying a decision, like, too long, Um, You're making a decision, basically, and that setting an alarm or a date in your calendar when you think you'll have um, most of the information in and the deadline is approaching and then you can weigh all the information closer to the date that that's a good way to do it.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, and uh, a lot of time uh, this time of the year in my part of the country, people are planting their flower beds and their gardens and things. And then there's always the guy who can't decide what he wants to do, and so he puts it off till next week, till next week, till next week. Well, the decision's making itself because you've already missed the planting season for most of the stuff anybody would want to plant anyway. Right. So you know, don't don't delay those, but take the time if you have it, because uh, the time to make a decision that has value to it. In fact. You know, you can go on the stock market right now today and buy options. An option is nothing but the opportunity that you have. You're buying the privilege to decide later. Like, do you want to buy this stock or not? Mm -hmm. How would you like to be able to decide in July whether you wanted to buy this stock or not today? You pay a little bit for that privilege. And, uh, you know, those decisions, those delayed decisions have a value. You pay for those.
0: That's pretty cool. All right. Um, so in terms of two things that you've mentioned recently that I want to discuss as well, you just mentioned your, uh, was it, uh, your account. I, I know you mentioned making uh, decisions and turning to people who are, you know, uh, forces to be reckoned with in a particular industry like Steve Forbes and finance. But your accountability group, are, you've been doing that for many years?
1: Yes, 20 20- five years and there are three of us we went to college together we've stayed in touch basically through our scholarship fund but every other sunday night we get together, and we have a series of questions we all answer that we're all working on, and uh, you know it keeps us accountable. And what's amazing about it is it's not like beating yourself up after the fact. There are things in my life I do better because I know a week from last night I am going to have to get on the phone call and tell these guys what I've done, and it's a, it's a powerful tool.
0: It is because, you know, you have to do that thing that you told them that you're going to do, whether or, you know, make that decision you told them on that Sunday night that you're going to make. So when you talk again, they're going to say, "Okay, so give us the lowdown on what you told us you were going to do.
1: Yeah, and we all have... The fascinating thing about it is we, we all have different standards. We all have different things we do in our lives, but we've come up with questions that, uh, that take care of us all. We all run companies or have positions of authority to a certain extent. And so one of the questions we ask is, during the last two weeks, have you abused your power? I mean, all of us have power over somebody. There's somebody in your life you can abuse and get away with it, nothing they can do about it. And we are very big on that, but... You know, we are all happily married. I'm thankful for that, but we all have different things. Uh, I mean, I travel with women that I work with. One of our guys, he won't go to lunch with a colleague that's a female. I mean, that's his. I'm not going to judge his decision. So the question we came up with is. Have I been in a situation in the last two weeks with a woman I'd feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable telling Crystal about? That's my question. Mm-hmm. Have I been in a situation I'm uncomfortable telling Crystal about? And as we've decided, you know, as long as I'm happy and she's happy, the world is happy. Yes. And, and 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 other guys have different standards, and so it's not a matter of me buying into what everybody thinks I ought to do. It's me living up to what I know I should do.
0: And these men that you went to college with, um, you mentioned a scholarship plan that you all have. or uh, So they've also done well in their careers. And tell me about that, what you all decided to do together for other students.
1: Well, we when we were in college, we didn't have any money. We didn't even know anybody that had any money. We were broke. And one night we were sitting around the dorm in the middle of the night when we should have been studying or sleeping. And We decided if we ever got out of college, which was somewhat doubtful, and if we ever had success in our life, which was probably further doubtful at that time, we would do something to help deserving young people like us. And it was nine years later. We were all out of college. The last guy was getting married. We were all at his wedding and decided, remember that? We ought to do that. And we started that. And this last Saturday, we just had our meeting, and uh, we gave out our 32nd year of scholarships. Uh, oh. For uh, We've given well over 500 kids a scholarship to college. And it's been an amazing thing because uh, it's just uh, tremendous tremendous. Blessing.
0: and that is to your college that's where you all yeah, that's works. where
1: we do it just just because it's what we know i mean i i always advocate people do something and uh do it at your college or something but yeah we do it here because you know we have an office there and it's easier for us to manage the thing yes. than uh, if it was somewhere else yes it's at old roberts university
0: that is so cool. I mean, not many people can say that, you know, um, um, among all your other successes, the oh. three of you and your movie studio. For, it helps people who are blind like yourself. And uh, Well, every
1: once in a while, you something comes up and you see this divine little nudge and you realize you're in the right place. Three years ago, when Crystal and I started the Stovall Center for Entrepreneurship to help young people from around the world that want to start businesses and make a difference, uh, you know, we went to, to back to Old Roberts University and gave them well over a million dollars to start it, and they selected an executive director, a dean that would run that, that, that college at the university, and I met him backstage before we made the announcement, and he said, Jim, you changed my life. I said, no, I didn't pick you. I said, Dr. Schneider, I'm glad they picked you, but, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm glad you're on board, but uh, he said, no, you don't understand. He said, 22 years ago, Ago. I was an undergrad student here, and I was just about to have to drop out. I didn't have money. I went to my mailbox, and I had one envelope, and it was a letter from you giving me a scholarship. He said, you paid for my undergrad graduation and, my, and that degree, and then I went on to Oxford and got my PhD. Now I'm back here running the Stovall Center for Entrepreneurship, and man, you just all of a sudden you see this divine synergy that you really didn't know about.
0: Unbelievable. We're out of time, Jim. You're the best. Jimstovall.com, people.
1: Kenyon City is
0: listening to the mighty 670 KLT. You just bought a new car and it's everything you dreamed of and more. But you have so many memories with your old car, it almost feels like a family member. So you want to make sure it goes to a good home. You'll feel comfortable knowing when you donate your car to ARC thrift stores, you're giving to a good cause. You can donate anything with wheels, even motorcycles. And when you donate your vehicle, you get a tax deduction. It feels so good to give back. As you say farewell to your old vehicle, rest assured that your donation is making a difference by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Donate your car to Arc Thrift Stores today. Visit arcthrift.com for more information about the car donation program. That's A R C Thrift. Where your good memories of that old car can become new ones for people with disabilities. Hi, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news. How are you? All right. I just uh, wanted to I don't know today. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about a, a neat topic. And, uh, you know, I love this website. It's called Mark and Angel. I just find inspirational things there. And if I go to some of their, like, quote, unquote, most popular, uh, you know, columns, and it's on the right hand side. It'll say recent posts. And then they'll also do, um, like, a site focus where you can look up topics like relationships Uh, inspiration happiness like uh, for instance in the happiness column which i'd love to click on because that's a fun topic isn't it i mean hello it's just a great word 673 blogs on happiness i think that's pretty neat so anyway this is one of the um authors of the uh of the actual site mark and angel and uh they're talking about grandma uh, zelda it's interesting i almost said angel my grandmother's name is angel and i don't my real name is angela and that means angel, messenger of God. So I thought that was kind of cool because, you know, I do Christian radio. So. <laughs> neat. All right. so this is titled 12 Things My Grandmother Told Me Before She Died. And, uh, you know, so many times I'll talk to you about a topic and then we'll run out of time and I won't get to, you know, fully discuss it. So I thought, well, let me just do this on my own with you and then we'll definitely get through it. Uh, So this is from uh, the authors again, uh, Mark and Angel. When my grandmother Zelda passed away 15 years ago at the age of 90, she left me with a box of miscellaneous items from her house that she knew I'd grown to appreciate over the years. Among Among these things is an old leather-bound journal... I have some of my own grandma's, by the way, too, that are journals. Most of them are just um, sermons she took notes on. She used to watch the Crystal Cathedral uh, program on the weekends, and she would take notes on that. But it's still kind of neat because she had really nice handwriting, and so I have those journals. All right, so back. Among these items is an old leather-bound journal that she aptly named her Inspiration Journal. Now, for a 90-year-old woman who passed away you know, a while back, uh, 15 years ago, I just think it's neat that she had that Oprah kind of like you know, inspiration journal thing going. That's kind of neat. That's definitely not my mom's style, but uh, my grandmother did write a lot, but she was certainly not a warm grandmother. She was, um, I hate to say cold, but yes, she was cold. All right. Throughout the second half of her life, Zelda, we're talking about here, she used this journal to jot down ideas, thoughts, quotes, song lyrics, and anything else that moved her. How cool is that? She would read experts from her journal to me when I was growing up, and I would listen and ask questions. I honestly credit a part of who I am to the wisdom she bestowed on me when I was young. How cool that a grandma would sit down and read excerpts from her journal. I think I've told you that recently with our own kids, we've been doing this like teaching at night where we um, either play a video for them and we all sit around as a family on TV and it can't be too long, you know, because attention spans like maybe 10 minutes, seven minutes, five minutes. And then we kind of have a we have a family discussion about the topic that we chose. And sometimes it's really learning something about life Um, but other times it might be just uh, the other day my husband played the um, Steve Jobs introducing the first Apple iPhone and showing how the technology came about and that prior to that we just had those QWERTY keyboards and prior to that we had cell phones that were like a brick and he was explaining when we were kids that we didn't have cell phones and that if you went you know, swimming there was nowhere for your parents to reach you and if you said you were going to be somewhere at a certain time, you had to be because there was no way to notify someone that hey, I'm running late, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All right, so back to the blog here. So this Grandma Zelda would read uh, excerpts from this inspiration journal. Although I've shared her wisdom with the blog, blog subscribers and book readers in the past, today is the day she became an angel 15 years ago. So to honor her, I want to share some of my favorite excerpts from her journal with you. I've done my best to sort copy edit and reorganize her thoughts into 12 inspiring bullet points i hope you find value in them and again it's titled 12 things my grandmother told me before she died again picking out some of the favorites from the journal i just love this i i absolutely love this all right so let's go back up and this is uh again from mark and angel Interestingly enough, Mark spelled with a C, by the way. Okay. Number one from Grandma Zelda. Breathe in the future. Breathe out the past. No matter where you are or what you're going through, always believe that there is a light at the end of a tunnel. Never expect, assume, or demand. Just do your best. Control the elements you can control and then let it be. Because, because once you have done what you can, if it's meant to be, it will happen. Or it will show you the next step that needs to be taken. And I think as a Christian, that's a lot of, you know, trusting in the Lord, you know, do your best. And then once you've done what you can, uh, you know, wait to see where you're, you know, led to next, you know, what happens next. (coughs) Sorry about that. Uh, Number two, life can be simple again. Just choose to focus on one thing at a time. You don't have to do it all. And you don't have to do it all right now. That's why I keep like a to-do list, you know, for things to do. They don't have to be done today. Sometimes things will stay on that list for six months, but eventually they have to be done. It might not be something that needs to be done right away. Okay, back to number two. Life can be simple. Breathe, be present, and do your best with with what's in front of you. What you put into life, life will eventually give you back many times over. And I have to say that um, I do believe that, you know, what you put into life, that is, you know, what you get back in a lot of ways. And that's whole, you know, you reap what you sow. Sorry, I have to take, I've been sick. You've probably noticed lately. I've had a little bit of a, uh, a throat thing going for a few weeks. So I'm going to take a sip of my um, <laughs> Zevia grape soda. Zevia, you know, it has no sugar in it. Or right, hold on.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, that's good. Okay, so I do um, I do believe that life can be a lot more simple than we make it. Unnecessary drama that so many of us create. So life can be simple again. Uh, focus on one thing at a time. And I think right now, especially our kids with the TikTok videos scrolling all the time and their minds racing and then they've got those teen hormones. My, my son and I describe it as like fireworks going off in his head. And then dad's mad at you about a grade. And then mom says you can't miss practice. And then one of your friends, one of the friends last week said, I never liked you anyway. You know, I never clicked with you I really don't enjoy being with you you've got all these things going on in a teen life so I think this would be a good one to talk with them about life being simple focus on one thing at a time like take that phone and teachers I'm so proud of you for making them put it away sometimes we don't even let them take them to school but when they have sports you know we sometimes have to reach them about picking them up et cetera. but I don't know maybe that's just a parental cop-out maybe they really don't need them we took them away one summer And maybe that would be a good idea for this summer because I just think our kids and us, for that matter, are getting a little too dependent on them. All right. Number three, uh, what Grandma Zelda is teaching here from you know uh, from her inspiration journal she left behind, and this is the 15-year anniversary of uh, Grandma Zelda's passing. Uh, number three, let others take you as you are or not at all. Speak your truth, even if your voice shakes. By being yourself, you put something beautiful into the world that was not there before you. So walk your path confidently and don't expect anyone else to understand your journey, especially if, the, if they have not been exactly where you are going. And I love this too, um, not just for kids, you know, my kids, because one of them, well, two of them are pretty confident. One is not. Speak your truth, be yourself, put it out there. And I always say like, you know, when I was on TV, uh, when people didn't like me, you know, when you go to a car lot, you don't like all the cars. Not everyone has to like me. Maybe I'm just not their cup of tea, but somebody's going to pick my model. I always figured I wasn't like the sleek Jaguar or Mercedes-Benz. I was like a yellow VW bug with the little flower, you know, they have in the dashboard and the little eyelashes on the front. That's more me. That's, yeah, that's, that's probably who I am. You know, I mean, I wouldn't mind being the Porsche, but I think that, that day has come and gone. All right. Number four, Grandma Zelda's lessons. You are not who you used to be and that is okay. And that's good for us parents to remember you've been hurt you've gone through numerous ups and downs that have made you who you are today and over the years so many things have happened things that have changed your perspective taught you lessons and forced your spirit to grow as time passes no one stays the same but some people will still tell you that you have changed respond to them by saying of course i've changed that's what life is all about but i'm still the same person Maybe just a little stronger now than I was before. Maybe a little smarter. Maybe a few more wrinkles. Maybe the hair isn't quite as great as it used to be. Although I did just get a haircut, it is kind of fabulous. I went back to that like um, that girl flip. You know, the bottom of my hair flips up. All right. So anyway, hair's still good. All right, number five. (laughs) I need professional help, don't I? Don't tell me. Don't take up like a pool. Don't. Hey, you, Crawford, Matt, Luke, Steve, Jorge, Mike. Uh, Charlie, uh, don't start a fund for my therapy. I already know I need professional help. I have insurance for that if I decide to go. All right, fine. Number five from Grandma Zelta. Everything that happens helps you grow, even if it's hard to see right now. Circumstances will direct you, correct you, and perfect you over time. So whatever you do, hold on to hope. The tiniest thread will twist into an unbreakable cord. Let hope anchor you in the possibility that this is not the end of your story. That the change in the tides will eventually bring you to peaceful shores. So um, I think that that try to think of what people have told me in the past when you know you're in a really difficult this too shall pass I guess is a good scripture for that number five everything happens to help you grow even if it's hard to see right now this too shall pass and try to learn something in, in the difficult circumstances. Number six do not educate yourself to be rich educate yourself to be happy uh, The th- that way when uh, you know you get older you'll know the value of things not the price in the end you'll come to realize that the best days are the days when you don't need anything extreme or or special to happen to make you smile. I'm kind of getting there. I like some simple things. We, we've got this, speaking of simple things, we've got this card game and it's, um uh, how does it go? Cat, cat, taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. That's the name of it. Taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. It's the simplest card game and it's so much fun. And we're like screaming at the top of our lungs when we're playing it. I think we'll play it again tonight because we've been playing more games with the kids to have time where they're not just in their rooms alone watching their videos or whatever. And then we're watching a show on TV in our room. So we all get together like on our bed. We have a big, you know, California like queen bed and we kind of sit in a circle and play this Taco Cat goat cheese pizza. Seriously, it's like 10 bucks. Check it out. All right, number seven. So, anyway, don't need to educate yourself to be rich, educate yourself to be happy. Number seven, be determined to be positive. Understand that the greater part of your misery or unhappiness is determined not by your circumstances, but by your attitudes. So smile at those who often try to begrudge you or hurt you. Show them what's missing in their life and what they can't take away from you. That's a hard thing to do, I think. We called jokingly, this isn't very nice, but I'm going to be honest with you here, this one mom smiley because she never smiled. And so my husband and I we would say, always, always that's smiley because she was so unfriendly but then I got to know her and I would always smile at her anyway and it's hard to smile at somebody who doesn't smile at you and she actually was pretty nice she just didn't smile like ever, like very rare. I shouldn't say ever, very rare. So, you know, give it a shot. Be nice to the person that doesn't smile. They may have, a lot of times it's not even about you, by the way, it's something going on with them or how they were brought up, etc. Eight, pay close attention to those you care about. I'm going to skip ahead a little. I might come back to some of these because we're almost out of time. So eight, pay close attention to those you care about. Hello, make them a priority, okay? Uh, nine, sometimes you have to let a person go so they can grow. Maybe they come back in your life later, or maybe it's a kid. You really have to do the tough love and, hey, you can't stay in the house anymore. You've lived here, you know, for, uh, you know, five years past college, time to go, whatever it may be. But sometimes you have to let them go so they can grow. Number 10, sometimes getting the results you crave means stripping yourself of people that don't serve your best interests. Kind of links in with number nine, doesn't it? 11, it's better to look back on life and say, I can't believe I did that than to look back and say, oh, I wish I'd done that. Hmm. Good one. 12. If you're looking for a happy ending and can't seem to find one, maybe it's time to start looking for a new beginning. Ha ha. (laughs) Again, that's uh, 12 things my grandmother told me before she died. It's about uh, grandmother Zelda and that's from Mark. And he's one of the uh, editors on Mark and Angel. That's his website. Uh, Hey, you can find me at AngieAustin.org. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.
1: Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT.